Bezrat Hashem, so I had kind of a jaw-dropping moment over Shabbos where I saw this amazing piece from Rav Aaron Levy in Shari Voda. He's speaking like exactly to the different topics that I've been thinking about and express them in language that was about as perfect as I would have ever wanted to see. This is in chapter 24 of the first part of that book. The Shar Yichud Zeran Pinvanuk Adam. So his basic Kabbalistic system, the way he explains it. Chapter 24, he says, um, going down, you know, I'm not starting right from the beginning, just certain selections. Any experience that is revealed in the world, that it is experienced as separate, separate energies, energies that are separated from unity or divinity, is from the lack of da'at, from the lack of clear awareness. The definition of clear awareness, da'at, is to make a connection between all sensations and experiences, to make a basic but profound connection, to experience them as only emanating from the Creator's will and energy and 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 creation and creative powers. But to experience anything as a separate existence is only from a lack of awareness. <laughs> Fascinating, fascinating, and critically important. So to speak, Hashem's power of Malchut is the power that Hashem uses. It's one of His ten basic energies. And this tenth basic energy called Malchut is the fascinating power of concealing the unity of the Creator's expression in the created worlds, such that created revealed experience should be initially and be by default experienced as uh, uh, an existence separate from divinity. So again, Hashem's power of Malchut is the godly power which conceals all the other powers while revealing them initially as separated existences. So anything you'd ever experience, an ocean, a conversation, food, everything, everything, any experience, Malchut takes that, that experience is rooted in pure godly energy and creative power and conceals the godliness of it to initially reveal it as what initially default feels like, oh, it's just an ocean, oh, it's just a sky, oh, it's just a moment. But So it, it conceals the godly root, the godly source of creation of any particular item to make it experienced as just an experience. And this power of making all experiences seem not obviously emanated from the Creator is called the concept of animal behema. Because the concept of animal, animal, animal awareness, animal consciousness, is that animals are by definition that they have life force and free will of movement, but they are not self-aware. They're lacking awareness. They're lacking the key critical element of awareness. Human beings are aware of themselves, and they're aware of morality, and they're aware of a higher power. 
But to the degree that a person is more and more aware that everything, everything, everything is flowing from the creator's will and power and, and intention and creative ability, and that everything is just an expression of God's power and will and creative force, to that extent he can be called a human being. Because really the definition of a human being, he's defined by his awareness. As the Talmud says, If you have awareness, what are you lacking? And if you don't have awareness, what do you have? Because if a person even has lots and lots of wealth, but they experience it as simply physical, really how much enjoyment is there in purely physical side of life? It's really empty. So true riches, true awareness, true acquisition, true life, true true fullness of life is in awareness. A person could not have much in the bank, but he can own the entire world, so to speak, because he experiences the truth of it. And it's his world, right? Think about it for a second. Really think about this for a second. I mean, people feel like, oh, I wish I had more money. Oh, I wish I had this. I wish I had that. Don't you realize you have the whole universe? Like, don't you realize that? Like, you have that? Don't you realize you have eyes that can see and by see God willing, and by seeing you own, in a sense, you own your experience? Like, you've been given the gift of, like, this experience? Don't you? Isn't that yours also? But when we're not aware, we feel like we don't have it because we're only focused on the physical and the animal drive. And what can I selfishly, animalistically get from this without the awareness? With the awareness, suddenly you're incredibly, incredibly rich, right? You understand? So now, moving on, a little bit later in the passage, he says another verse uh, that it says in the Torah in chapter 2, right before the creation of man in a body, that the Creator had not rained down rain on the land because there was no human being to work the earth. Fascinating verse. One of my favorite verses ever. Um, without further ado, let's see what he says. Rabbi Aaron Levi. Dainu. Hagam shebemes Hashem hu Elohim bli perudaklal. In truth, Hashem, Havaya, the aspect of pure godly expression and power is one with the name of God called Elohim, which is Hashem's power of concealing himself and making his expressions look not godly at the end of the day. In the physical world, they're really one. They're all perfectly, totally, absolutely expressions of one creator, both the creator's expression of revealing himself in an obvious way, as well as his power of concealing himself and obscuring his expressions, those are both simply equally powers of his to reveal himself openly and to hide that open revelation in a shroud of illusion such that we feel the physical world and physical experiences as not godly. That power by which he conceals himself is also purely coming from him and is not separate from him at all. And so it says that Hashem, I'm basically paraphrasing right now, but Hashem did not cause rain to fall down on the land and on the earth 
it means that because there was no human being, the concept of rain that a human being must draw down, it says there was no rain because there was no human being. Well, what's the rain and why is it tied to a human being? There is no rain because there's no human being. So once there's a human being, there's rain. Well, why does a human being bring the rain? Because the rain is the watery flow of awareness. The rain is the watery flow of awareness. When a human being brings awareness into his life, he's drawing down a watery flow of energy, of consciousness, to transform his default state of animalistic consciousness, low-level consciousness. And, but when he draws down the awareness, like drawing down watery consciousness, uh, like rain, this is called watering the earth, watering the land. Why? That person, he's able to work the ground. So we know people have agricultural skills. From the earliest times, we had agricultural skills. What does that mean? It means that we used our powers of intelligence to take what looked like barren soil, not productive, and make it grow crops, which means we transform the ground from potential to actual, that the ground is actually the earth, is actually a place of tremendous bounty, that we had to have awareness of that, realize that, plan that out in a mental space to make it happen with agriculture. Like we were saying a few weeks ago, a few podcasts ago, the land is truly, the earth is truly the place where everything comes from, not just crops, but ultimately computers, right? All the metals, all the oils for plastic and computer chips and everything comes from the ground. So the ground, the earth is a fascinating thing that a human being is attached to it, that he applies his awareness to this near infinite space of possibility, the ground, the ground of all existence to apply his mind to that ground and make everything come out of it. Cars, computers, rocket ships, crops, agriculture, commodities, everything's coming out of the ground. But the main thing we do to the ground, the ground of existence, metaphorically speaking, not just soil and dirt, but our whole ground of existence, like our whole sensation and sensorial experience, that's also the ground. The whole ground of sensorial experience is called the earth, the Adama, because it's the mysterious Malchut, the mysterious substance, the mysterious godly power that conceals while revealing, that initially expresses the godly powers as sensorial experiences out of a mysterious ground of existence that feels at first just like physical sensation. A person can cultivate that ground of existence and make it sprout forth consciousness that he can experience every sensation with awareness, with applied awareness, like rain, with applied awareness, like drawing down rain and bounty to the soil and ground of existence. He makes his whole experience suddenly light up with godly awareness. All of a sudden, he experiences everything. The cars driving by, the sounds, the events, the experiences, the learning experiences, everything as the creator's expression to him, as the creator's message to him, as the creator's dialogue in connection to him. Now, why is the sphere of Malchut, the energy of Hashem, concealing himself 
in order to reveal his expression as initially mere sensation and physical experience. This is also called Adama. It's called the concept of the ground, of the dirt, of the earth. Why? Because the word Adama, earth, Adama, also has the same etymology as Dimion, Dome. Dimion is imagination. That, the idea of the ground, is the godly power that conceals and makes all of the godly expressions of creation feel totally physical. And that's an imaginative, illusory experience which can become an experience of full consciousness awareness when we apply deep awareness to what's initially only an imaginative experience. So there's like a wordplay here, a very, very fundamental and intentional wordplay, that the same word for ground or earth, Adama, is sounding like the word dimion, imagination, because the concept of the holy ground, so to speak, of Malchut, the ground of our whole experience of sensation, the ground of experience of sensation, the ground of our experience, initially creates our experience that it's an imaginative experience, an illusory experience, meaning that it feels in an illusory way only physical. Because the secret of Malchut, that power of the creator to conceal his expression that it the expression of the creator initially only feels like a physical experience this concept of malchut the concealing power is called the idea of an image or an imagination dahina meaning shehi medamit kol pulot anivraim bechol bichinatam asher kululi mikochi yisrachlechad because all experiences are actually contained in an incredibly mysterious, powerful oneness within the Creator's infinite power. Really, everything, every sensation, every experience ever are just tiny threads from one amazing, beautiful rope, one amazing, beautiful cord, one amazing, beautiful tapestry of the absolute, perfect, miraculous unity of all experiences and powers and expressions completely unified with the Creator's power. And what the Malchut does, what this Adama does, what this ground of experience does, is it makes them appear and seem as if they were separate threads of experience, separate moments of time, separate spaces, because really, the experience of separate moments of time, separate spaces, items being separated from one another is really basically an illusion or an imagination because it's not true. In the true existence, the real root and nature of anything ever is that they are just powers of the Creator's expressions, which in reality are completely bound in His oneness. And to experience them as separate moments, separate spaces, separate objects is really an, is, is not a fully true picture of what they are. So the Malchut makes them experienced like as if they were separate objects, separate moments of time. And we feel them like that. 
וכל הנמצא בעולם התחתון שהוא בכינס ההסתרה, יש כנגדו בעולם העליון שהוא יכול להסברך, רק על ידי ההסתרה נגלו בפועל במים דמיין וער דערה עד שנגלו ליש דבר בפני עצמו. Now, ועל ידי עבודת האדם, now, through the service of a human being, what's the service of a human being? Right, we talked about last time that we are called an Eved Hashem, serving the Creator. Well, what's our service? What do we do for Him, so to speak? With, by, by what right do we acquire holy consciousness? What's the effort that we have to put in to acquire holy consciousness? The effort is, is, in, the effort is in breaking the imagination, just like Rabbi Nachman says. The effort, the avoda, the work is in, in the dimyon, as he says, in the effort, in the constant focus of realizing, of, of sort of reversing the process of imagination. If the power of concealment and imagination makes separate items, separate objects, all experience appear as purely physical, separated experiences, the work of imagination is to reverse that experience and experience them as actually flowing from the Creator's unified power. Amen.